0: Hello, my friends. Mm. I've missed you. It's only been a little. It's been a week. It's usually a week in between the time when I speak with you and when I don't. But I've missed you nonetheless. Do you imagine that I do things between stories during the week? Do you imagine that I have a life outside of your headphones? Do I have a life of my own, to you? Or am I just this voice in the here and now? I think it's better to think of me simply as that. A voice, here and now. Probably healthiest to do that. For me as well. Sure, I must be more than that, otherwise I wouldn't have stories, would I? Best not to think of it too hard. Best to let me float away with the wind in the nighttime. Best that I scatter into a million pieces and hide from your thoughts when the sun rises. I think it's best. I have a story for you this week because I've promised it. And because we don't have many left, and I couldn't bear to not give you one this week. And also because I have desperately wanted to give you a story. I remembered it as I looked out the balcony, out of Kristen's balcony, as I watched cars drive by down below, and as I heard a plane go by up above, as I wondered if there were any preternatural eyes on me, or if I was truly all alone, but for the tired girl typing away at her laptop inside, of course, and the strange orange cat sitting on the windowsill waiting for me. I wondered if my offer of and encouragement towards peace had been accepted. But I let that thought fly away from me. I cannot control what others think of me, I cannot control what actions others may take against me. I can only be ready. And I can only do my best. That's all I've ever done. My best. Whether or not it's good enough. I give everything I have. And I remembered that I have this story. A story about another girl. Like the one typing away inside her. Our apartment. This girl, rather woman I should say, lived in a little house by a lake. She lived with those she loved and who loved her in return, yet it didn't dull the pain she felt when she looked up and saw a violet sunset off in the distance over the frozen lake. She felt pain at the fact that she couldn't walk towards it and touch its color. She ached thinking that she wasn't able to walk across the ice and run away. She often wanted to run. She wanted to run from the oncoming morning that would have her need to go into town and dedicate her thoughts to something other than a violet sunset or a frozen lake. She had to work as everyone must, and she had to keep a house, and she had to feed herself and her family. Her complaints were not unique, and they were not dire. She simply longed for a world of mystery and adventure and color, but instead she needed to live in one of polite smiles and simple tasks, and staying in one place, then going to another place and staying there, and then returning to the first place. No matter how hard she dreamed of other places, Different places, some of which didn't even exist. She couldn't bring herself past home, town, and home again. There was no time. There was no money. There was no time. But you see, the problem with this conundrum is that the more time you wait not going on your colorful, impossible adventures, then the less time you have to find them again later. You humans like to trap yourselves in systems and patterns and repetitive torture. I've said it time and time again. It's a cage of your own design, and you all protect it so devotedly. I understand. And so did this girl in the house on the lake. Such was the situation of so many collectibles I've told you of, even before this point. Why? Perhaps because my best stories come from the darkest aches and pains in my heart. And I feel being trapped so very keenly. Don't you? I'm sorry. I don't say this to hurt you. I say this instead to tell you where the girl came from and where my heart is today. It is afraid of losing colors and music and monsters and joy and sorrow. Don't let me. Please, don't let me fade away. Anyway, the girl. One night, as everyone else lay asleep in her home, and she knew she ought to sleep for the long day ahead of her in town, full of polite smiles and trying to please people, she did not sleep. Not because she wasn't tired, but because the night was too beautiful. She looked out of the window at the frozen lake, and it was so still, so sparkling so striking in the moonlight. She didn't want the night to end, and sleep hastened the end of night and the coming of dawn. So instead, she stared, stared at the moon, stared at its reflection on the glass, stared off into the empty darkness between ice and moon, How hypnotic the night can be. And suddenly, a light appeared out of nowhere, floating just above the ice in the distance. A warm yellow, flickering. It was fire. Small, like a candle, or perhaps a lantern or torch. It stayed where it was, flickering. And she watched it for what felt like hours, until it became smaller and smaller, and soon enough, disappeared. She stepped out of her front door and took a few steps towards the lake. With hesitating feet, she took a few steps on the frozen surface, but stopped as the chill was too much to bear. And with the light gone, she found herself doubting her memory of what she'd seen. She was sure that she went inside and went to sleep that night, and then woke up and went to work the next day. She was sure that she came home and tried to sleep again. But she couldn't. The memory of the light out on the water was too much. She had to know if it had returned. Stepping outside the front door, she looked once more and saw it all the brighter. And the harder she stared at it, the more clearly she could see that the lantern illuminated a face of a smiling stranger. They were looking at her, and she was looking at them, until they slowly turned around and the light began to grow smaller and smaller and eventually fade away. This night, she followed even farther out on the ice. She tiptoed, she moved quickly and gracefully and carefully, and she called out for the person to wait. She had to speak with them. She had to see that smiling face more closely. But the second she heard a loud crack and a groan from the ice beneath her, her footing faltered, and she feared falling through and into the treacherous water below. And so she ran back inside. She was sure that she did. She crept into bed, no doubt, and slept, most likely, and woke up the next day only to work again and return home again. She was certain. She was fairly certain that that's what she did, just the same as always. And of course, the third night, the light returned. She left her house, she stepped out onto the ice, and she stared into the light. Tonight she saw that not only was one smiling face lit up, but two, three, three faces, beautiful and strange and unmoving, lit up by one single lantern, all staring at her, waiting for her. Like perfect marionettes or clockwork-operated automatons, they all turned from her at the exact same time and with the same speed and deliberateness of motion and began to walk away, further out onto the ice. She called out to them and followed once again. She heard the cracking beneath her feet but she didn't let it frighten her. She heard the groan of the ice as it changed with the ever-increasing warmth of the oncoming spring. But she didn't let it stop her. She ran, quick and graceful as a gazelle, but still she lost the light. She stopped and stared ahead of her, her breath fogging before her and her hands shaking from the cold. She turned and looked all around her. It was gone. No. No, it wasn't. It was beneath her. Under the ice. Under, somehow. How lovely it made the ice seem. It reflected the orange glow as if through a kaleidoscope. Everything outside of it was black, pitch black or very dark blue. She could see tangles of seaweed and the shadows of large, dark, lazy fish. And she could see three figures sitting at a table. A table, rotting and crumbling and covered with algae and coral. And there were chairs, similarly decrepit. And on those chairs the three sat. One in a grand ball gown, pale blue as ice. Her powdered white hair piled high atop her head, swaying with the slow-moving current. Her face seemed to be powdered, too, her lips and cheeks rouged. She held a champagne glass in her delicate fingers, Another wore a fine silk suit, pale green as the algae on the table, his hair dark and tied back, a handsome rogue holding a hand of cards. He was playing with the other underwater guest, who was dressed also in a fine silk suit and with hair and face similarly powdered as the lady they sat across from. The third was both dashing and lovely just as the other two were, with a face and expression just as still and placid as the others. In fact, if it weren't for the way that their garments and hair seemed to move with the current, the girl looking below on this little fete would have guessed that they were completely frozen in ice themselves. As her eyes adjusted to the dim torchlight that somehow existed under the water... She saw the remains of a sunken ship. Not overly large, but beautiful and ornately designed. Crabs and bottom feeders crawled and swam in and out of its skeleton. And the three elegant victims of this presumed disaster didn't seem to mind when a catfish or shrimp crawled over their hand or swam across the table in front of them. They didn't seem to mind anything. They simply sat and smiled. Frozen in time as well as in ice, it seemed. Until, with one sharp movement, they all turned their faces and looked up at her. Smiles beautiful and terrifying and ever so still. She wanted to scream. She did scream, and the ice cracked a little under her feet. The faces below changed in an instant from smiling to concern. One by one, they floated up towards the surface. Gown flowing, hair swaying, lace swirling, faces frozen, cards and champagne glasses floating away from them and all around they reached up with their blue frozen hands and held the ice aloft as the girl fell to her knees on the breaking surface. As she felt the water pool up around her hands, knees, and feet, she realized that she was now only inches away from the lovely and frigid faces beneath the surface. She looked into their eyes, and she suddenly was no longer afraid. They were holding the ice up for her, and she realized they were worried for her. They had invited her here to see them for whatever reason, but they did not want her to be pulled under to their cruel and inhospitable world. Perhaps they were simply as curious about her world as she was about theirs. She didn't want to leave them. How beautiful they were. How happy, how magical, how doomed. But she had to. She knew she had to. She carefully rose to her feet, and they continued to press up against the split ice for her. Tears in her eyes, she ran home. She said nothing of them to anyone. She kept the secret of her three frozen friends. Though I must tell you that I asked her if she ever visited them again. And she told me that she indeed did. And it was in the summertime. She went out at night in a little rowboat. She brought her own lantern. She saw the light under the surface, just as she had when it was frozen. She brought a little meal for herself. She wore her finest dress. She brought some books, some ribbons and trinkets, a new deck of cards, curious little toys from town. She brought pretty little gifts she thought her fine friends might enjoy. and the aristocratic creatures eagerly looked up at her and smiled again, so thrilled to see a new face, to have a colorful adventure of their own. Of course I am a long-lived creature, so I outlived this girl. By centuries, of course. Here I still am, after all. So sometimes... I return to that lake I often take a little boat out though I suppose that now I could fly myself out if I like or swim or walk across the bottom I am limitless now after all and I look for the lights under the water I look for their contagious smiles And I smile back. Sometimes I confuse reality with dreams. Whose dream is this? Was this the girl in the story's dream? Or was it mine? Or yours? It doesn't really matter. We're all here together. Under the water right now. What a blessing. I'm sure that after this, I'll go off to sleep if I can. And forget who I am for another week until I speak with you again. Me and my writer will return to some kind of reality. Whatever that means. And whatever that may bring... But then, next week, we will dream up another adventure for you again. We will keep trying. We will look forward to that. Good night, my friends. Hello, everybody, and thanks so much for joining me for episode 95 of On a Dark Cold Night. I hope you've been having a good week and an even better weekend. I'm just back as we speak from a fantastic weekend at PodCamp here in Toronto, and I'm thrilled to announce that we won for Outstanding Art Series at the Canadian Podcast Awards last night. Thank you so much, listeners, for helping me get here. I'm absolutely honored and blown away by this, and I couldn't have done it without you all. So thank you so much, and congratulations to all of the other winners and nominees. If you'd like to support On a Dark Cold Night, the best way to do so is to leave me a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our Facebook page. However, if you'd like to support the show financially, please feel free to visit my Patreon page, where every monthly patron of any amount receives access to my constantly updated soundtrack of the show as well as a shout-out on air and over social media, you can visit me there at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. You can also buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight if you'd like to donate just once and don't want to receive the soundtrack perk. We also have On a Dark Cold Night t-shirts and hoodies available at com slash on dash a dash dark dash cold dash night. I'd also love it if you followed me over social media. You can find me on Twitter at a dark cold night, Instagram at dark cold night podcast, or on my Facebook page or YouTube channel, both called on a dark cold night. Give me a shout there. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you again, my friends for listening and for all of your support, wishing you a peaceful and hopefully not too chilly end to February. Catch you again in March. Sleep well, friends.